Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to our latest Squid Bits, and we are covering the second to last episode of Severance for what I think is season one. I'm pretty certain it's an ongoing series, but then again, this whole podcast was started because I thought Watchmen was going to be an ongoing series. So I guess we'll see next week. Holy shit, I knew this episode was going to finish on a cliffhanger, and everything about the rhythm of the episode was building towards this specific ending. I knew that uh, it was probably going to leave me full of energy, probably pacing my room, probably frustrated, and uh, I had all of these thoughts going through my head as it was playing out, and I was kind of dreading it as well, and then the episode finished exactly how I knew it was going to end, and I swore at the TV, and then I couldn't stop laughing because it was perfect. I just had to sit still for a moment and realign myself before I went to bed. And I don't know if any of you are fans of Atlanta. I think it's one of the uh, best TV shows of this century. And it's uh, the first two seasons, I just think, are unassailable. And it's come back with its new season. There's only going to be two more seasons uh, to finish it up, including this one. And the new episodes of Atlanta are dropping on Friday nights as well. So I got home. I thought I'm going to watch both of those TV shows that I love, and then I got to the end of Severance, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to give both of these shows the respect they deserve, and I'm just going to sit on Severance tonight, and I'm going to watch the Atlanta episode the next day, and you know what, this episode of Severance was enough, I just wanted to marinate in it, I just wanted to sit and think about it, I just didn't want to read anything, I just wanted to have it playing around in the back of my head, and That episode was an absolute scorcher. By the way, for anyone who's watching Atlanta, oh my God, it is so good. Maybe we'll discuss that 
later in the week. Maybe maybe I'll um if I get an opportunity, I'll do another bonus uh, Squid Bit uh, episode this week, uh, which might focus on Atlanta, Moon Knight, and uh, one of the craziest and most fun movies I've seen all year, maybe in quite a while, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Whew. Man, I saw that last night. Anyway, let's get back to Severance, episode eight, What's for Dinner, is the name of the episode. And look, uh, we'd been hypothesizing about Irving and, uh, you know, maybe he lived in the outside world with Bert and it looks like it's the exact opposite. Irving is living a quiet life with his dog and when I say quiet, I mean he barely says anything other than, okay, Radar, let's go home. Two things to consider here. Uh, Irving does a lot of talking at the office, so it's quite jarring to see him not doing much talking, so that's very interesting. Maybe that's why he does so much talking at work. He does barely any talking at home. Uh, Also, if you remember in his wellness session, one of those crazy facts that felt like a non sequitur when we first heard it was uh, your outie likes the sound of radar. And, of course, we immediately probably in our heads went with the bing, bing, bing sound of radar, Uh, but maybe it means his dog. And uh, also, if that's the case, tells us that it's not just Mark who has watched closely when he's not in the office. Uh, We see him take his dog for a walk and then return home where he drinks coffee after coffee and paints the same image over and over and over again while listening to Motorhead's Ace of Spades. If you're of a certain vintage, and what I mean by that, around my age, and you're a fan of the young ones, I wonder, were you having some university challenge flashbacks? That song is a <laughs> is, is just indelibly uh, burnt into my mind as uh, being in uh, one of my favourite episodes of TV uh, of all time. So, anyway... We now have a couple of answers about Irving. Uh, and also, that this uh, explains why he keeps falling asleep at work, because he's quite clearly not getting a lot of sleep at home. And uh, the black goo he hallucinates seems to be the black paint he uses in his Audi life. I hope he bought that stuff in bulk, because his black paint consumption looks very expensive. Oh, also explains uh, the, the muck underneath his fingernails as well, doesn't it? Uh, it does suggest there's a subconscious crossover between the Audi and any versions, and we've seen it subtly with Mark's change in attitude in the real world, and now we're seeing it here with Irving, where he appears to be attempting to access uh, a memory or a part of his uh, mind, and he keeps painting the, the the passage to the testing room. And this this made me think: what if the Burton Irving relationship? is uh, mirroring the Ms. Casey and Mark situation. That's a that's an interesting idea, don't you think? Could they have been lovers on the outside and then maybe Bert died? And when I say Bert died, I'm, I say that in quotation marks, just the same way that Gemma died. And maybe Irving signed up for Lumen because of that. And, uh, you know, maybe... He's been in contact with uh, his his so-called dead husband and didn't know it. 
there's a part of me that hopes it's not that because that's really depressing. <laughs> it's really sad, but I just did not feel good about the two of them uh, from the moment I saw them show real affection for each other. So it, it does feel like it would be going in the right direction. We've kind of talked about that in uh, previous episodes, haven't we? Anyway, I'm just throwing it out there. It's an idea I had while watching the episode. And I, you know what? I just can't accept that we're not going to see Bird again. We're not going to... Like, Christopher Walken's not going to just disappeared that way. It's, it's Christopher Walken. There's got to be something bigger, right? On the inside, Irving has turned on Lumen and by extension, Keir Egan. Now that they've taken Bird away, he is ready to fight back. It might seem like a petty act of vandalism to crush a snack in the pages of one of the handbooks, but the symbolism is incredibly powerful. He is uh, rejecting the scripture that he has memorized, the teachings that have fueled his office life. In fact, all our team is rejecting the Lumon Manifesto, but like what happens with most rejections, a new set of ideas and ideals are ready to take their place. And they are the words of Rickon! <laughs> My God, his shithouse book is evolving into a New Testament. And at this point, those facile words are finding an audience. Who knows how long these versions of our team have been alive? Do you know what I mean? Like, we know Ms. Casey was only alive for a certain amount of time. And so, if they've only been alive, you know, once again, in inverted commas, they're quite young. And in our youth, we constantly look for understanding. When we're young, we're very curious creatures. And it's only as we get older, we invariably become wedded to an ideal, to a belief system, and can often feel a variety of different emotions when we're presented with some new evidence or way of thinking that contradicts what we've chosen to believe. And that is why I think a lot of people become very set in their ways as they grow older. It is discombobulating to being open to new information all the time, to new theories and Often the way we cope is to suppress our curiosity because uh, it's, it's easier than embracing the unknown. Yet we can also be unaware that new ideas have taken root, especially when we're in situations where we begin to question authority. And this is where the Book of Rickon is finding its power. These young, young innies are, are evolving in a way. Uh, I still can't help but wonder if our team was supposed to find the book or not. I, I don't think they were meant to, but, you know, this is just one of those shows where if you find out it was part of the uh, master plan, you just would not flinch, would you? Uh, at work, the team is working remarkably well, and it's kind of, uh, once again, a shock to see Heli just working really hard and, and trying to get this job done. Because the last time we saw them, it was like they were about to rebel, and then... They're, you know, they're, they're meeting their quota, but what we realise is, is that this is part of their greater plan. And, uh, of course, uh, just as a reminder from last week, Heli's uh, finishing her task on the Sienna file. And remember we mentioned last week that Sienna means reddish-brown. So I wonder if the team is working on Heli. And uh, I'll mention at the end, it looks like Heli was... Uh, you know what, I'll go straight to this bit at the end and I'll come back to this part. But, you know, uh, at the end of the episode, when you saw the um, the brief glimpses of everyone outside, and of course we saw Mark with uh, Mrs. Selvig having a nice hug, and we saw Irving painting, but we also saw Heli what, at what appears to be uh, a function, and it makes you think, is she at the Lumen Bowl? And so... Uh, Sorry, I kind of said bowl. I meant uh, the lumen ball. And 
it makes you start to wonder, are they working on her? Like, you know, if it's reddish-brown, Sienna, maybe they're working on her. Maybe she's someone who's very pro-severance. Maybe she's a politician. Maybe she's a board member. Maybe they're doing something to uh, get their technology further out into the world. You know, anyway, there's there's a lot of, lot of interesting things going on with Heli. And I, I also wonder, goodness, maybe we'll only like any heli like we've already seen outy version and we we kind of jumped to conspiracy theories of maybe they were that she was forced to do these things but maybe maybe she is awful <laughs> that'll be interesting maybe any heli will have to kind of uh, try and find a way to become the dominant part of the personality anyway that's uh, potentially a stretch but uh, this is why this tv show is fun and this is why it's Good to throw things out there and just see what sticks. Sometimes you're right. Most of the time you're wrong. It doesn't matter. That's uh, being engaged with uh, what you're witnessing and what you're experiencing. Anyway, uh, this is all part of their plan, as I said, to put Operation Overtime into action and wake themselves in the outside world. Uh, This scene suggests that it might have been at least uh, a few weeks since we last saw them at work. So, you know, maybe maybe it's been a few weeks. Maybe it's been a couple of months. Uh, So it, it... What's good about that is you can understand that they've had time to work out what their plan is, they've had time to put it into place, they've had time to get on top of their work, and because they by now would be looking like they're acquiescing to their situation, then uh, their bosses wouldn't be that worried about them. If if they were putting their plan into action, you know, the next day, you'd think, well, Dylan bit Milchek just, you know, 35 seconds ago. Don't you think they'd be kind of keeping more of an eye on them but it feels like it's it's been quite a while has passed since uh, the last episode so you could imagine once Milchek's arm has healed uh, though judging by his comments uh, he has not forgotten what Dylan did Um, yeah maybe that's why uh, you know they feel their staff is back under their thumbs so they're just kind of taking their eye off them a little bit and that's kind of working out perfectly for the plan once again it's it's not that important, but you because this has high concepts, you need uh, you need aspects of the show that we can relate to. You need them to make sense. So uh, it's a very human thing to not trust people, uh, especially after you've had a confrontation. So if enough time has passed, it kind of makes sense emotionally for us to be able to relate to that part of it. Uh, it appears we also have a bit of a bizarre love triangle forming. Mark is told Miss Casey is leaving, and when they sit down for Mark's final session, there's a really sad moment when she confesses that the best part of her life was the few hours she spent watching Heli work. Uh, so there seems to be a bit of a Mark and Miss Casey slash Gemma uh, affection towards Heli. Uh, it's also a terrible realization that it appears that Miss Casey has only lived at work in short bursts of time. And uh, all up, only been alive, once again, in inverted commas, for 107 hours. Uh, But, you know, that moment she was able to sit and watch and wonder. It's just just devastating, isn't it? I don't quite know what to call her either, because she's quite clearly Gemma. But, um, like, on the inside, she's Miss Casey. And on the outside, well, she was Gemma. It's all uh, very confusing and... uh, You know, it's uh, all of this stuff was uh, deeply emotional, I thought. Meanwhile, Ms. Coble is delighted that the two formerly married couple don't remember each other, which is another insidious moment from uh, from her. But uh, Milchek's reaction is an interesting one. He appears to be angry and is glad that they don't remember each other. But I can't work out, is that out of a sense of empathy for the two people or because he's scared that the 
would help unravel the greater plan. Uh, I, I think he's one of the most fascinating characters on the show. And uh, when he leads Miss Casey uh, down the passage that Irving is obsessed with, we see her fear, a fear that isn't supposed to be present. And he uh, turns his back on her rather than have to deal with her any longer than he has to. Uh, Dylan is given the award of a waffle party by Mark and he plans on staying behind to flip the switch that will wake them in the real world Helly and Mark share a moment and a brief kiss knowing that depending on where they wake and what happens next they may A lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot may be your new best friend but what won't change? Needing health insurance United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN actually never see each other again. Uh, Two enemies becoming lovers is tried and true storytelling trope. Uh, But I don't know, this feels earned to me. It feels like there's been quite a lot of times since they first met and uh, both characters have gone through a lot on their own and together and it makes sense that there would be a bond forming. But anyway, interesting that Gemma slash Miss Casey and Mark have uh, kind of become a little bit obsessed with Heli and it'll be interesting to know just what she's getting up to out there. Meanwhile, Ms. Coble has been caught out by the Lumen Board. That was interesting, wasn't it? She's been caught engaging in extra work affairs, like all the stuff with Mark's sister, and it turns out it's not something she should be doing. Uh, I was also surprised that the uh, board had no idea that Helly had attempted suicide, and she's been keeping that from them. Uh, I was not expecting any of this, and then to see her fired and the meltdown at her home... uh, it really is the insanity of the true believer made manifest, you know, and having everything ripped away from them. Uh, it, just getting back to it, even earlier in the episode when she laughs with Mark in her office, it's one of the creepiest scenes in, in the episode. There's there's three scenes that kind of creeped me out and all for different reasons. This is one of them. We'll get to the other two in a sec. Uh, but it shouldn't be a surprise that she is working on some other agenda. There's a, there's a really interesting moment uh, when after the team meet their quota and she says to Mark, I, and then she immediately corrects herself, Lumen needed this. And I know there is a theory that the work they're doing means nothing. Uh, a lot of you seem to be right into that idea that they're, they're, all the numbers doesn't really uh, add up to anything. I'm not saying that's incorrect, but there is a lot of emphasis on making certain the work is achieved. So if it doesn't mean anything, what is the greater purpose? Like there has to be a reason, right? It can't just be... They're being observed. Okay, yeah, no, I get that. What are they being observed for? So one of the things that we did notice uh, when Harmony uh, hugs the tube in her home, there's the name Charlotte Coble. So is Charlotte a daughter? She was hoping to have uh, something done with her. Like maybe, you know, I'm look, I'm kind of ad-libbing this uh, off the back of my notes, but... Um, Maybe if they are working on creating 
you know, clones of people and they've been working on the clones of people who have died. And part of what they're doing with the numbers is helping to create uh, um, the emotional blueprints of how a brain would work. So therefore they can then add these uh, people that they have in stasis, these Egans uh, that they have to, uh, to these new grown bodies. Is it possible that Ms. Casey is uh, a prototype and, you know, maybe that's what happened. Maybe Gemma did die and they've uh, been doing some tests on on uh, these uh, clones and that's how we get Ms. Uh, Ms. Casey. And it wouldn't it be awful if there's been a few Ms. Casey's? That just makes it, oh, God, Jesus, I just thought of that then. That makes it even creepier, doesn't it? So uh, taking that into account, maybe... Uh, Maybe Charlotte Coble is a daughter she was hoping to have brought back to life. And maybe this is where her obsession with Mark and Gemma comes from. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe there is something interesting going on there. Maybe that's why she just needs to have a keen understanding on what's happening. And far out, what's going to happen when Mark wakes up in the arms of uh, Ms. Coble slash Mrs. Selvig in the, in the real world next week? And uh, especially since her last words were for Mark to stay away from Lumen. But anyway, that's uh, that's all very curious and uh, I'm, uh, I can't wait to see where that goes. Uh, let's finish on uh, the freakiest and creepiest part of the show. Uh, I, actually, before we do that, the second thing that creeped me out was the weird graphics that come up after Helly finishes her quota. I don't know what it was about that, but it just really was blur. And, you know, the, the little party... Um, you know, or the, the waffle party is a type of moment that makes you feel like you should have a warm shower with an iron brush after you've witnessed it. And it's interesting, all, all the way through this episode, we've had Ben Stiller's direction showing our team reflected in mirrors and cameras that pan uh, up to feature the Lumen Labyrinth. And uh, it kind of suggests our characters are returning to the real world and we have no idea what they're about to face out there. But anyway, uh, Dylan is escorted into the perpetuity wing for his reward past the statue that has the quote on the side, the remembered man does not decay which is from Keir Egan so once again it does suggest they want to kind of maybe bring him back to me anyway uh, he sits alone Dylan that is in the replica house and when he finishes the waffles there's an instruction at the end telling him to go to the founder's bed and over there he finds a cat of nine tails each labeled with the nine virtues of Keir uh, he slips on a Kia rubber mask and then watches three women and a man dance for him. That would be weird enough, but they're also wearing large masks and the dance is quite erotic in nature. Um, so I did a bit of uh, reading uh, before I started this. Uh, in an interview in Variety, the creator of the show, Dan Erickson, revealed that the four performers are based on the four tempers from Kia's books that were talked about in episode three. And those tempers are woe, frolic, dread and and malice. So was Dylan supposed to choose one of those people to engage in sexual intercourse or possibly even more than one of them? Was he supposed to whip the four dancers just as Keir whips those four figures in the painting from an earlier episode? Uh, if you're not sure what I'm talking about, uh, go and check the uh, posts on Twitter and on the Patreon page where I will be uh, putting a, a screenshot of that painting for you so you can check it out and uh, have a think about this as well. Uh, 
Also, uh, Erickson says that the scene represents the commodifications of sex and intimacy in a place where we don't see those aspects of their lives expressed. Uh, It is also a physical tamping of the uh, four tempers, which is what our team appear to be doing in their jobs. And uh, I think the sexualization of the Waffle Party also speaks to the idea that this is a cult. I'm not alone in this. I was having some major eyes wide shut vibes throughout this scene. And for anyone who has read Grant Morrison's The Invisibles, that uh, there, there were some pretty gross scenes of uh, you know rich people's parties and the weird shit that they'd get up to. Oh, just just gross. Even um, even uh, you know some of the weird scenes that you. Uh, uh, get a glimpse of and are suggested in the uh, first season of True Detective if you're looking for another kind of uh, relatable image. Anyway, uh, thankfully, Dylan, not into having sex with these people, not into whipping them. He's at his waffles. He's fucking out of there. And uh, he goes into the security room and we see the system functions come up on the screen uh, with options. So uh, I t- took a photo of them and the options are Beehive, Branch transfer, clean slate, elephant, freeze frame, Glasgow, goldfish, lullaby, and open house. So I've written a little speculation on what each of these might mean. I'm not saying these are correct, but this is kind of... I tried not to do too much uh, thinking about this. I just kind of wanted to see what came, uh, you know, immediately to mind. Uh, There was one, but I'll get to that in a sec. But anyway, uh, Beehive, maybe that's like a group mind control. Maybe there's something like, uh, you know, controlling the attendance around the Queen Bee, something like that. Branch transfer, I reckon that sounds relatively straightforward. Uh, Maybe that's, you know, maybe Bert worked in the data mining and then Bert, you know, had his mind transferred and he went to the other uh, branch where into that other office where he worked, who knows. Clean slate, maybe that's a total reset. Maybe you just completely wipe someone or, you know, you get the clean slate and you get to go and hang out with Bruce and Selena and watch Alfred uh, hold up his Fernie Branca for you. Um, Elephant, uh, we know that elephants don't forget, so maybe this returns all the memories. Freeze frame, maybe this literally freezes them in their place. Uh once again, some of this might be straightforward, but, uh, you know, maybe that's, you know, they can stop them. That's kind of creepy, isn't it? Uh, Glasgow was the one that I just really couldn't come up with anything. And so I did a did a little uh, research online uh, just for things that Glasgow could mean. And uh, there's a thing called the Glasgow Coma Scale, which was developed to provide healthcare professionals with a simple way of measuring the depth of a coma based on observations of eye-opening speech and movement. So does this put uh, the people who work at Lumen, does this put them into a deep coma? And uh, it's like, well, what would the difference with freeze frame be? Like, is freeze frame, you, you kind of stop them for a few seconds? Uh, is... Uh, coma like something where you plunge them in somewhere deep where you can get in and do some do some other kind of nasty work etc uh goldfish uh well there's you know immediately you think about the old joke about the goldfish in his tank saying look a deep sea diver look a deep sea diver so maybe it works on that theory maybe it's a memory loop uh lullaby maybe that puts them to sleep for a small amount of time you know maybe 
you know, some of these things feel like they kind of cross over. But anyway, that's uh, that's interesting. Uh, maybe lullaby is for the baby goats who might not be baby goats because they might be baby kids. And then there is open house. I couldn't really work this one out, but maybe that uh, awakens them at work. Maybe transfers the Audi uh, inside the office space and then over time activates in his outside of work. Anyway, a lot to ponder there. And uh, now that the switch has occurred, we're about to learn a lot more about our team in the real world. Crazy, right? It has been such a great series. It has not failed in any way. It just keeps rewarding. It's gotten better and better every week. Uh, look, I'd love to know your thoughts. Uh, if you're on Patreon, you can leave uh, uh, your thoughts underneath where I'll post the script for you. And uh, once again, remember, I'll put the painting up there so you can check that out as well. Or head over to the Big Squid Facebook page. There's a private page where we uh, do a lot of theorizing. Um, and if you're not a part of that, you can just leave it on the normal Big Squid page. I'll do my best to keep across all of this because, uh, you know what? I like wild theories. If you've got some wild theories, come at me. I love it. They're fun. This is this is why you watch these shows. You you watch these shows to, you know, throw ideas around and and have thoughts and and see, like, once again, it's not about being right or wrong. It's it's about having a good time with it. That's that's the way I look at it. Um, you know, like a, a couple of episodes ago, Ryan Keith wrote to me and uh, came at it from a scientific point of view, and it was fantastic. It was so good. So uh, come at me. Give me your theories. We've got five days and then we'll know everything. All right. I'll be back uh, later this week. There will be Garth Reynolds. Uh, he is uh, coming down for the dollop. So he'll be on tour very soon. Uh, we had a chat with him. Uh, we, we recorded the day after the uh, the Oscars brouhaha. Uh, and we talk about it for a little while. But if you're, if you're like me and you're just actually quite bored about it, what about talking about it? Not like it's 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 weirdly <laughs> like every time you see something you're like, uh, I really don't care, but I just need to have a little look. But um, you know, I'm 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 team Daniel Radcliffe at the moment. I just don't feel like there's any other thoughts out there. But Gareth and I barely touch on it, and then we talk about a lot of other things. But you know, as you can imagine, the day after <laughs> or the morning after we recorded in the morning, of course, Gareth and I are going to mention it because. We haven't spoken to each other and it is weird. So, you know, uh, but that'll come out Wednesday. There'll be on the Patreon, there will be a, uh, a Dispatches of the Fury Road podcast. And uh, for those of you who aren't on the uh, Patreon, there will be a new blog over at bigsquidpod.com. That'll probably be Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm figuring that uh, Gareth's episode will be up. Wednesday, I reckon, and uh, I, if I get an opportunity, I've got a bit of stuff on this week that I want to do. Uh, but uh, if I get an opportunity, I'll I'll do a little Atlanta Moon Knight, everything everywhere all at once uh, episode for you and uh, share some thoughts on that. So there you go. Thanks for tuning into this. One more episode to go. Very exciting, and uh, I look forward to chatting to you again soon. All right. Until then.
Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.